Good evening, everyone. Welcome along to the VTO Esports Studio with myself, Ben Constant Juris. And if you've been following us on VCO the last couple of weeks, you'll see and will have known quite a lot about the IVRA, the uh, IRVA, a new league that we are associating ourselves with. And you can check out Justin Bell's interview a couple of weeks ago to find out all about IVRA. But uh, we had our first race last weekend and therefore we thought we should really pick out the winners and chat to them. So we went to the GTE category and picked out the Alpine Stars geodesic racing team and one of their drivers. Bo Rigger joins us now all the way from America. How are you doing, Bo? Doing well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really, really good. Thank you. Um, talk us about uh, well tell us about the team actually uh geodesic alpine stars great to have a sponsor like alpine stars alongside sim racing it's something that i, I wasn't aware of before but uh, uh tell us about the history of the team well uh to be quite honest i'm not too well versed with the history of the team i've only been on for a little less than a year now see them fighting for some of the top positions in the different series that ivra runs club sport uh endurance over the last few years. So uh, we have a history of being pretty competitive in the series and we're hoping to continue that um, this season. And so tell us why Ivra? Why is the championship so important for you? Uh, I personally appreciate the structure that IVRA uh, offers. Um, they have a pretty strict rule set, um, some detailed drivers meetings, driver briefings, um, it's, it's a very well-structured series that, um, offers a, a racing environment that people who take sim racing very seriously can appreciate because the series organizers take it, you know, at least just as seriously as anybody driving in the series. Um, the competition is also very strong. Um, so it's, it's really good to be able to race against some of the top talent in iRacing. How does it differ to, uh, your usual official iRacing championships, whether it be sprint or endurance series like the Creventic series and things like this? What what makes it stand out? Uh, well, from officials, it's I guess it's just the consistency of the level of competition, I suppose. Uh, you're guaranteed to have some really stiff competition in every race with officials, depending on what series you go into. Um, the competition can be up or down depending on time of day or, or the racetrack. In IVRA, if it doesn't really matter what racetrack you're going to, you know all the same drivers are going to be there and, and the competition is always going to be strong. And I love the fact uh, when we spoke to Justin that they implement some real world things that perhaps iRacing don't have, such as safety cars, to kind of spice things up and keep you guys on your toes. Yeah, uh, it does. And it, it, it keeps the teams thinking all the time about strategy, about what possibilities could come up in the next 20 laps that could, that could really shake up the running order and, and uh, how the field will change depending on what you may have done in the last 10 laps that the other cars didn't do and what may happen in the next 20 laps. If, if you get a caution that comes out and, and you're good to go to the end of the race and uh, you've got your fuel, you've got your tires already, um, the other teams have yet to pit, then you could be at a great advantage versus the other teams. Um, or you could be, on the other hand, hoping that no safety cars come out, and that might be your advantage. Um, so 
keeping all those possibilities in mind and, and keeping, you know, the team actively thinking about strategy um, is, is a really fun part of IVRA. Does it also mean that the preparation and ideal kind of strategies are not so important? Because you see so many of these long distance races uh, with the top teams of the world. They know exactly how many laps they're going to do. They know exactly what the tyres are going to do. They know how ex- how much fuel to put in because there are no variables. And they they spend hours and hours rehearsing all the different possibilities. But ultimately, that's not something you can do when there's a random safety car intervention. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, when we prepare for the typical iRacing special events, um, we do pretty much exactly what you just said. Uh, I remember doing Petit Le Mans last year. Uh, we figured out basically how many laps we were going to run in the race. Uh, we were accurate within one or two laps, I think. Uh, and we base our entire fuel refill schedule, tire schedule, driver switch schedule on that estimation that we made. So yeah, you're right. They're the only variables that come up in a typical iRacing special event is whether or not you get wrapped up in a wreck or if your competition get competition get, gets wrapped up in a wreck. In IVRA, um, you have, you, you make much more generalized plans. Um, you know, who's gonna start the race? Who do you want finishing the race? Uh, you know, what are we going to do if, if, you know, cautions come out at this time, but you know, that may never come to be. So really what you're stuck with, at least with us, uh, is who's going to start the race, who's going to finish the race and everything that happens between the green flag and the checkered flag is totally up in the air and you have to adapt as, as they come. Now you guys won the GTE category. Um, I'm always fascinated to talk to people who enter uh, categories that are not the the, f- the first category, the fastest category, because you give yourself an extra uh, extra hassle for being in the slightly slower car with all the traffic coming past you, and yet you never get the the, the starring kind of headline checkered flag bit at the end of the race. So, what's your motivation for entering GTE? Well, GTEs for me personally, it's a car that I'm comfortable in, the BMW M8. I've raced it quite a bit. Uh, prototypes just yet, so that's not something that I wanted to tackle. Um, and GT3, you know, it's it's a it's a great class to race in as well. Um, but I just prefer GTE. Um, an added challenge to driving GTE is that not only are you overtaking slower class cars, the GT3s, but you're being overtaken by LMP2s. So you have to, you know, you have to keep one eye in the mirror and one eye in front of you so that you are able to predict how, you know, if you have a slower car in front of you and a faster car behind you, you have to be able to understand how the dynamics of that situation are going to change over the next few seconds. And it really keeps you on your toes. Absolutely. You're giving yourself a, literally the hardest job, I think, in, in uh, any endurance race at all. Uh, Bo, why did you get into sim racing in the first place? Where, where did your motivation and your love for motorsport come from? Well, I actually have no love for motorsport at all. I just like competition. Oh, really? Um, yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not a motorsport fan. I don't watch racing really. Um, every now and then, I'll watch the F1 highlights. Um, this year, it's been you know a little exciting because uh, Lewis Hamilton has a challenger uh, for um, the championship and Max Verstappen. So that's it's it's fun to watch the competition between those guys. Um, but 
racing in general, it's, it's not one of my loves. Um, but I love playing racing games. I don't understand why I like one, but not the other. Uh, but I do. And so when did you go, when did you originally get involved in, in racing games? Uh, Gran Turismo 3, Gran Turismo 4, back in the day when I had a PlayStation 2. Um, those are probably my favorite games. Um, when I was a kid, I, I wore those games out. Um, <laughs> recently, uh, about two years ago, um, I decided I want to get back into driving games. So I picked up Project Cars 2 in a, in a G29 um, and, you know, raced that for about 500 hours over, you know, several months. And I did the online racing. Uh, but I didn't, wasn't getting the competition and the respect that I thought that I, I wanted that I did want, uh, from that racing game. So, you know, watching YouTube channels, you, you find out, oh, there's this, there's this purely online racing game called iRacing and it's got a pretty strict, um, ranking system and it's got a safety, uh, license scoring system. And it seems to be the most uh, most well-structured competitive online racing game. And I wanted the competition, so I joined iRacing, and, and I've been doing it for almost two years now. Wow, it's, it's not a huge amount of time to be kind of at the, at the level that you are. Have you found your drive and your passion for it accelerating a lot, especially kind of through these COVID times? Yeah, it definitely has. Um, and I would say, so for about the first year, I wasn't on a racing team at all. I was just, you know, doing whatever I thought was fun. Um, you know, I was able to get, to get up to about 3,000 I rating, which I was very happy about. Um, then I got invited to join uh, Big Bone Racing. And I raced with them for a few months and, until uh, most of us got, uh, we joined Geodesic Racing. And I think most of my motivation has come from having a team because in a team environment, you know, people are counting on you to perform. And I, I personally role as one of our team's engineers. So I make, I do a lot of the setup work. So that adds more pressure on me to perform because people are expecting a little bit more from me. So that pressure has helped me improve as a driver. Um, and you know, I have learned a lot about car setups, um, and, and driving with teammates, I, I get to learn from them, see what kind of things they do, how they approach different situations on track and, and hopefully apply what I learn uh, from them. So I would say the team aspect is, is the main driver for me. It sounds as though you came quite quickly from just playing a little bit uh, to a very serious position uh, in the sim racing esports world. Uh, I, I, I'm still an up and comer. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a terrific talent at this point. Uh, I think uh, right now I'm sitting around 5,500 I rating, which is a place where I never thought I would be it, you know, even six months ago, I didn't think I would be that high. Um, but to be honest, it, it come from a lot of practice. I put in a lot of work. If you see me in an official race, uh, I probably haven't entered the official race without doing, you know, probably four hours of practice, let's say. Um, and I've built my own setup. So if I'm, if I'm doing, if I'm in an official race and I'm doing well, it's because I put in a ton of work. We have drivers on our team 
that um, can jump into most series and be very successful in them. And I'm not to that level yet. So any amount of success that I've gotten so far, I think is mostly due uh, to the amount of work that I put in uh, to my drives. I am becoming a better driver so I can get up to speed on any given track car combination more quickly. Um, but I'm still getting there. But it does sound as though it's become quite a big um, hobby rather than just a bit of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do take it very seriously and, and the people on my team take it very seriously as well. Um, and, you know, as far as being a big hobby, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's become a pretty significant portion of my life now, I would say. It's, it, it is it is my main hobby. I, I mean, I do other things, read books and exercise and whatever. But if if I've got free time, I'm usually on a simulator. And has the simulator developed from the G29 days two years ago? Uh, it's... So I, what I would say is, uh, oh, has the simulator developed? Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I made a pretty big upgrade uh, when I decided to get serious. I decided to get real serious. Uh, I went for a <laughs> SimLab uh, rig. Uh, I got a direct drive uh, base. I got a fancy wheel. Um, I started out with a the Cube Controls GT wheel. Um, I went for the triple monitors. Um, some expensive pedals, bucket seat. I, I really went for it. I, basically, my goal was to, you know, spend a bunch of money now and make sure I get the things that I know I will never want to upgrade from so I don't have to spend money again later. And do you think that that uh, upgraded your performance as well? Do, do you put, uh, do you put the, co the equipment down to a pace increase? Yeah, I, I think I do. I think... I think I can I can attribute a certain amount of my current I rating, let's say a thousand points of it, purely to having better equipment. Um, I know I, I would probably be a better driver now, even if I was still on the G29 than I was back then. Um, my just you know I don't think it's affected my decision making, so it hasn't made me a smarter driver. You know people with good equipment can still do stupid things. Um, but I think my consistency has increased or ha has, has become better. Um, and the equipment I use, especially the wheelbase, I get a good feeling for the road. Uh, so I would say it, it makes little improvements, not big improvements, little improvements to the way I drive that can be, that, that some of my I rating can be attributed to. Awesome. That's uh, that's really cool. Uh, and so kind of where do you think you go next? Are, are you looking at uh, progressing yourself in terms of I rating or have you got big events you'd like to target or uh, how do you grow this? Have you got any ambition to become a professional, for instance? Uh, no ambition to become professional. Um, you know, I rating it's it's nice to have high I rating and I think I'll get to 6,000. I don't know how much higher I'll go from there. Um, but the truth is once you reach a certain level, three, 4,000, you're pretty much never going to miss a top split race in officials. Um, so at a certain point, I rating just doesn't matter um, unless you're talking about the I racing special events where, you know, you have 30 plus splits, then you really do need the 7,000 I rating to get into top split. Um, but no, I rating isn't so important to me. 
what, what is important to me are the team events. Um, that's what I joined the team for. I want to be, I want to be a champion of some series. Uh, we've got a good start in IVRA, so this could be it. Um, but I, I really have no ambitions besides, you know, doing really well in a team environment. And what about converting some of your, uh, newfound abilities online into going out and doing it in the real world? Presumably as a, not a motorsport fan, you have no desire for that. No, not at all. <laughs> not even a track day? Oh, I, I could do a track day. Maybe I go out to Las Vegas one day and we decide we want to go drive some cars around the track. Uh, or, you know, maybe I go visit Road Atlanta. That's not too far from here. And, and you know, we rent a cool car and, and drive it for a few laps. But uh, I've got no desire to, to be a real racing driver. Awesome. I love the story because there's so many people who do. And I love the fact that there are people out there like yourself who follow a different story and follow a different path. And it is all about that online competition. You're really representing esports as its own entity. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, it's been great to chat with you, Bo. Uh, thank you very, very much. And congratulations on your GT win. And uh, fingers crossed for a lot more success across the various Ivory Leagues uh, in the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, next week, I can tell you what's happening because uh, Sim Racing Expo is happening this weekend uh, and therefore we will have quite a representation down in Germany at the Nürburgring from VCO. There'll be plenty of stuff uh, being uh, announced there, including some simmies to be given out. And so tune in to everything that's happening at the Sim Racing Expo on our VCO Esports channel uh, and then we will get the lowdown, the deep dive next Monday with the CEO, Florian Hasper. So until then, thank you very much to Bo Rigger for joining us this evening and enjoy your sim racing. Bye-bye.